0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. Uh, Today, I have my coworker, Reverend Michael Hall, with me. Michael, how's it going?
1: Going great, John. Good to be here.
0: If uh, you guys tuned in last week when Reverend Robert Rowe was on talking about the ministry of See Jesus, Michael also joined us on that podcast. It was a recording, but this is the live, real Michael Hall that's with me today. It's good to see you, Michael. <laughs> um, so, Michael, how, how are things going in Charlottesville today?
1: Things are great in Charlottesville, man. Uh, I'm not even a UVA fan, but they're 4-0 in football, and you would think they had just won another national title. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's sunny, and fall is slowly showing up. It's going great, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, You're probably... I've got
1: three teenagers that are in full flow. Um senior sophomore and eighth grader and uh, lot's going on
0: yeah yeah you're probably getting a little bit more of the fall weather than i am down here in mississippi um <laughs> so michael you've been on the podcast this is the fourth season I, i'm pretty sure you've been on every single season uh but for those who might not know who you are why don't you just real quick your title um bio that kind of stuff
1: that's right well i was born at a young age no i'm just kidding um <laughs> That was an inside joke for our church interns. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I am the director of training with RYM. Uh, In short, the three areas of focus for me are the youth leader training conference, uh, the church internship program, and then a good bit of pastoral care, coaching, and consulting with youth workers, churches, and pastors about all things youth ministry, um, and love doing all of those things. I've been on staff since uh, June of 2016, I uh, was a youth pastor in three different churches in South Carolina, Missouri, and in Virginia. And uh, grew up in Louisiana. I came to faith as a freshman in college. I uh, met my wife there at, uh, at Ole Miss, and who also came to faith in, that, uh, in college. And um, we both sensed a call to ministry, but not sure what towards. And uh, initially wanted to be a doctor and a pediatrician, and I think God just kind of began to steer that desire to work with kids uh, towards working with students in the church, and uh, uh, that's probably one of the biggest things I got out of my time in seminary in St. Louis was a love for the church uh, and and a love for passing the faith to the next generation. I've been really thankful to be able to serve in that and in, in that area and and learn a ton as I go.
0: Yeah, and and Michael, I know we're going to be getting into our our topic of conversation today, but it's interesting just hearing your bio and. You know, we've worked together now almost three years, and we've known each other prior to that, but you saying you started work with RYM in June of 2016. Is that what you said?
1: I was officially full-time in June of 2016. Uh, that school year, 15, 16, I was kind of still serving at the church some and then kind of tiptoeing into my position with RYM. So Yeah.
0: And I guess when I hear June 2016, I'm thinking, okay, that's middle school Florida conference, and then you get into high school Florida one. So you started, I mean, in the midst of the insane, (laughs) busy summer that RYM typically has, is that right?
1: Yeah, but like I said, you know, if you were to ask, uh, if you were to ask the bookkeepers, you know, they would say, (laughs) well, you you came on staff in September of 2015. um, and that's when I kind of began to taste and see the, the chaotic world of, um, you know, working remotely and hmm. moving from basically 20 years of serving in youth ministry with that regular rhythm of, you know, Sundays and Wednesdays and contact ministry and all that kind of stuff, which I still still miss on occasion, for sure, uh, to kind of serving the people that that do that. Uh, I had I definitely had been around a good bit. I was on the board for our WAM Uh, for three years before that I came on as a board member in 2012 so shifted into a staff role in the fall of 2015 and yeah but officially only working with RYM the summer of 2016 and yeah jumped right in that summer.
0: All right well um, today Michael and I were going to talk about um, RYM's youth leader training and uh, we did this a little bit last year and we kind of honed in on some of the vision, the philosophy behind it and, and some of those details, but we're going to come at it in a little different aspect. But before we do that, and before we take our little break, before we get into the conversation, uh, not putting you on the spot, on the spot too bad, Michael, were you at the first ever youth leader training?
1: I came to the second one. Okay. Um, I was,
0: uh, I was was at the second. (laughs) I keep jumping in. Um, I was going to ask, okay. Give us the, the fact, where, where did youth leader training first start? Um, and kind of, wasn't it Memphis, Tennessee? And- yeah,
1: 2008 in Memphis, there was about 15 youth workers that got together. Um, and they had their classes in a church, and they actually stayed with host families um, that year. And, uh, and then next year, it kind of doubled, maybe a little bit more than doubled in size, and they had it at a little retreat center there in, just north of Memphis uh, in 2009. That's when I showed up.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I know if people listen to our, our parenting today podcast, we do some little fun facts at the beginning. I thought maybe that could fit into fun facts. Kurt always makes fun of me. Um, but just kind of the facts of where Wild Tea started, because I know it ended up in Jackson, Mississippi at one point. So Um, was that after that second year? Did it come on down to Twin Lakes in Jackson, Mississippi? Yeah, I
1: think years three, either three and four or three, four, and five, it was down at, uh, what's that called, Twin Lakes or whatever. It's kind of a conference center south of Jackson. Um, So I can't remember if there was two years there or three years there, but then it finally made its way to Nashville. Uh, Yeah, I would say a a fun fact for me in YLT uh, is that uh, as a youth worker, I never actually did the year one track. Um, because when i showed up in memphis that year um i had a couple friends in year two so i just went into year two and uh (laughs) the joke all week long was i had a binder this was back in the days of we would kill small forests and give everybody these huge binders (laughs) all this paper um uh, i I had a binder that said year two and um a year one and anyway it's kind of a stupid fun fact but it's uh yeah, I was a rebel. I'm a rebel from the beginning, you know, <laughs> just, just always crossing the lines. You can't box me in.
0: I guarantee you, you probably weren't the first to do that, and I, and you're not the last. I mean, I know that happens every year, people but, trying to break the rules.
1: Right. Well, my official statement right now, uh, not to over-discuss the year one, year two, year three and above track, you're not supposed to break tracks, people. Um,
0: there, in, there's in a, God's we'll get, good, Yeah, there's structure. There's a reason, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, in God's good providence, you know, you're just hurting yourself uh, if you do that. Just, just kidding. Yeah. Sort and, of.
0: and last fun fact, I'll say, you know, Jackson, Mississippi, that's basically where I am. And I never went to Wild T when it was 20 minutes from where I, I was. Part of it, my excuse was in seminary and just, you know, had that stuff going on, but I came when it was moved to Nashville. Uh, and that was, you know, six and a half hours away. Um, anyway, Look, we're going to get into some more discussion on Wild Tea, but before we do that, here's some music from Joe Deegan. Just a reminder, Joe had an independent album before he came on staff with RYM, and this music comes from that. Uh, The name of this song is The Wedding Feast. You can check it out on iTunes, but here it is. Oh, come and buy without money. Oh, come and feast without money. All right, everybody, we are back with Michael Hall. As I told you, we are going to be talking about our annual youth leader training conference. And uh, those who have kept up with RYM know that last year was the first year we have Wild Tea in two locations. Um, Michael, before we get into just some of our discussion, why don't you give kind of the nuts and bolts? Okay, here's the, the two Wild Tea conferences and dates and, and that good stuff.
1: That sounds great. Yeah, we will return to Nashville and the Josie Davis YMCA in January of 2020. That's going to be January 27th through January 31st. Kicks off uh, Monday evening with a banquet and preaching and worship, and ends on Friday morning. And then uh, the Pennsylvania conference, uh, we call it YLT Northeast, but uh, it's actually in. If we were to go the Nashville route, it's it's in a small town called Paradise, Pennsylvania. So it's. Uh, it's more affectionately known as YLT in Paradise. Um, anywho, it's right right outside of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and that's going to be March second through the sixth of twenty twenty, starting again on Monday evening, ending on Friday morning.
0: Yeah, and and I just think, <clears throat> excuse me, getting to go to both of those last year, um, and I'm trying to think how many years I've been to YLT. It was just it was so refreshing uh, just being able to get up there in Pennsylvania and to get around other youth workers that uh, I did not know very well. I know you were connected with with many of them, Michael, um, but I know there are also some people, uh, the first you know, exposure to RYM and, and first time meeting them. So that was just really refreshing and just kind of practically speaking, it's nice to have two different uh, weeks to pick from. And so that's just a way to accommodate people's schedules because uh, it's fairly easy to get to Paradise, Pennsylvania as well. Um, so that was a, an awesome time. Um, also just want to mention too, uh, I know we're going to be getting more information out about this, but you talking about Wildy in Nashville, the last week of January, um, RYM is also going to be teaching a class with Reformed Theological Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi, a youth and family ministry class. We're excited about this. And it's going to be January 13th through the 17th. So it's nice because you get a week in between that class and Wild Tea. If you want to do both of those, uh, they just want to get that information out there. I know RTS will be getting that info on its website soon. So I want to go ahead and get a plug for that. Um, Michael, uh, anything you want to add, by the way? I'm just rambling here talking. Did you want to jump in on anything? No, that's,
1: that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about I mean, that's a really big deal for us to be able to get in uh, to this partnership with RTS and and uh, provide some training for seminary students in that regard and folks that might be beginning their seminary training or they just want to dabble in a little bit or folks who are towards the end and it's a great opportunity to uh, to participate in what they're doing to train folks for ministry. So we're glad for that opportunity and uh, I'm really glad to uh, I'm glad you made that plug. It's gonna be great.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, so so Michael today as we're talking about wow, tea. um you know. Way back as we started this podcast on season one, I know we we said this a few times that really, in a lot of ways, the local youth worker podcast was designed to foster some of what you get at Wild Tea. Uh, that's some of the yeah the greatest blessing. Yes, it's awesome to get the the preaching, the the singing together. The uh, you know to have a someone preaching directly to youth workers, just how encouraging you know, life-giving that is, uh, but the conversations that also happen between the worship, between the electives, all that stuff is so beneficial. It's it's so encouraging to sit down and to, you know, have just conversations about youth ministry um, over lunch or over dinner. And so we hoped to capture some of that over this podcast. You know, this season four, we're talking about partnering with parents and so interviewing other youth workers, just getting them to share wisdom. You know, a lot of that takes place at Wild Tea. Uh, but but one thing I'd love for you to speak to, Michael, is I have heard from some people before and I've thought this before of, OK, this is a week out of our schedules uh, that, uh, you know, those serving in the church, those who are in seminary on top of that know that giving a week. Uh, to to come to something like RYM's Wild Tea uh, is tough to do. Um, and so, you know, I've had some of those people just say, oh, I just can't give a week. I can't give a week away uh, because I've got this going on. I've got so much I'm trying to juggle already. So I guess just just what would you say to that, uh, to that person that's just thinking, okay, I cannot spare a week to come to Wild Tea?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, I completely understand um, and I know you do, too, is John. as well, John, you know, that thought that uh, uh, what would it look like for me to, to be gone for a whole week um, from the position of the youth worker um, with all the things they're managing. Uh, and so I do want to first disclaimer, I totally understand that. That is not something I don't understand. The second thing I would say is um, and this happens far too often. Uh, I looked up and I looked up and my thoughts went far
0: away. Um, (laughs) I was going to say too, as you're saying that, I've been that youth worker before as well, who just, okay, things were just too busy. There was a lot going on and I, you know, wasn't able to make it. So I've been there as well.
1: Yeah. And the second thing I remembered, uh, I'm also not necessarily discounting the fact that some youth ministries, some, some of you guys and gals have, you know, a really key ministry event like that week or that weekend after, or and it actually wouldn't be a good idea for you to go away that <laughs> week. Um, and, uh, and we want you to stay there and help plan and prepare for that really crucial event of ministry in your church. Um, so I get that a lot. That's one of the reasons why we got excited about launching the second location is now it's not just one. So, you know, far ahead of ourselves. But last year in Pennsylvania, I would say there were 20 plus people Um, At least a third, if not more than a third of the folks who came to Pennsylvania were previous attendees of the National Conference, but the March dates worked better for them. Uh, From Washington State, Mississippi, Texas, um, all over the place, it became a place of, uh, it became another option for them. So, uh, yeah, so those two disclaimers, I totally understand that pressure um, and that reality, um, and I also understand that sometimes you literally can't go. So uh, we don't want you to hear what we're not saying there.
0: But we do um, want to shame and guilt trip people if they can't make it as well. That, that'll be later, maybe at the end of the podcast. That's right.
1: Well, that's a separate <laughs> section on um, yeah. on Kurt, basically. <laughs> yeah,
0: he'll, he'll take care of that.
1: Because when he's not here, we can, of course, talk about Kurt. Sure, and sure. Just kidding. I cannot believe I just did that. Please don't put that on the thing because <laughs> I, I just painted the target on my chest. He's much wittier and sharper than I am, and I would just get destroyed in a battle of wits with him. Anyway, uh I think you know, back to your question uh, and comment, and this is something we can go back and forth on some. Uh, it is while it's understandable, um, I think it's it's an investment that's it's too important not to make um, for for a minister. Uh, anyone in ministry maybe is the better word. Uh, I don't want anyone to hear me say hearing me say minister meaning male. I mean just people in ministry, full time part- time, whatever. Uh, if you're serving in ministry, you know you've got to find a time in the in, in your year of ministry where you're where you're stepping away, not just for kind of physical refreshment, you know, like vacation, or and that's a good thing. We need that. We need to find a you know you call it continuing ed, you call it uh, iron sharpening iron, you call it whatever you want, but pulling away to really dig deep into what am I doing in my ministry why am i doing the things in my ministry what's working what's not and and to do so in community um, because it's really hard to do that effectively by ourselves but also breaking out of our of our smaller pocket whether we're in a big church or a small church getting out and, and connecting with the larger church who are serving in a very similar environment for you um it, it's it's too important for for a healthy and sustainable ministry to continue um, it's just an incredibly important investment to get away and and to have that opportunity to to think and be challenged and to and to grow and and that's our heart at ylt it's not just um kind of like a mall that we you know mall tent that we pop up with a bunch of great things to go learn on which again there are a lot of great things to go learn nor is it just a time to go and and kind of cut loose and enjoy some meals and 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 laughter and stories with friends again that does happen there uh nor is it only a time where uh, we're just cramming a bunch of a Bible down you necessarily. Um, It really tries to marry this idea of we need ongoing equipping um, in ministry. We also need ongoing connection for ministry. And and the last thing is all of us, regardless of whether we're new or old, we need ongoing encouragement for the ministry ahead. Um, And that's kind of our heartbeat there.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Michael. And just to kind of, uh, I guess zoom in on your your point of continuing education. I, I wrote that down just as as you were talking, and then you, then you said it. Of you, you know, you think of many churches. I know this is not the case for all churches, but many churches have something in their budget for those serving in ministry for continuing education. It's just this principle. Uh, that we are always students. I know I heard a story one time of of David Pallison who many know uh worked with CCEF and uh sadly passed away this past June. But I remember um I think it was my mind's going blank on who wrote the book uh Marriage Matters uh, for CCEF, but he was giving the author of that book was giving a devotion at C Winston,
1: Winston Smith. Maybe. Good job. That's
0: it. Yeah, Winston Smith. Winston Smith was giving a devotion at CCEF, and he was incredibly intimidated because he was young, and he was giving the devotion, and David Pallison, you know, sitting at the other end of the the table. But he said the entire time, David Pallison had taken out a sheet of paper and was just jotting notes down the whole time he was talking. And afterwards, he realized, oh, wow, he was taking notes on what I was saying. And Winston was just kind of reflecting, okay, here he was maybe in his 40s, David Pallison in his 60s. But David Pallison said— I can always learn from others that I haven't arrived in life. I haven't figured things out. And similarly, I mean, it's, it's the same at wild tea. I mean, every year I'm constantly humbled at what I don't know and constantly figuring out, uh, wow, I, you know, never would have learned this had I not sat in this class and just heard someone make a comment on something else somebody said. And, um, just this reality that we are all, none of us are omniscient. Uh, we, We all need to continue to grow and to learn and, um, yeah, it's important to have these weeks where we can, you know, have something like this that can foster that continuing education.
1: That's right. Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah, it, that illustration with Winston is, is great to remember. Um, we always need to be being refined and sharpened and, and, you know, accept this next comment as a real challenge. Um, like it's a frightening thing for you if you ever feel like you have arrived. Um, <laughs> yes. When we in ministry or in any field, in my opinion, think we've gotten to a place where we don't need um, sharpening from others, uh, especially if we were to think we don't need sharpening from others who are kind of outside of our particular box of ministry or or corner of the church. Um, uh, maybe I'm speaking too strongly, but I think that's a frightening place for us to be. Um, uh, we need to remember our, our finiteness and that we always can grow. There's always something to learn. Um You know, I can't remember uh, exactly how it went, but uh, I'll throw this out there. Maybe it'll be a a comic relief or a helpful uh, uh, kind of uh, saying. But uh, a pastor I worked with once before, you know, he's like, hey, there's there's two kinds of people in the world. Um, There's a there's people who are clueless and know they're clueless. And there are people who are clueless and don't know they're clueless. (laughs) I want to work with people who are clueless and know they're clueless. uh, and uh you know we don't want to be those people who are clueless and don't know we're clueless uh and that's what you know for me as I attended youth uh, youth leader training for for years as a youth pastor um you know it was an absolute life source for me but it was in addition to what it did for my heart um and encouraging me to get back in the game um so to speak but it was it was always refining the way I thought about ministry and and this is another thing to think about in terms of attendance um you know, when we decide we need something from the marketplace, so uh, I need socks or I need food. You know, we get up and we go to a place, we get what we need, we come home. Um, but in ministry, affirming the fact that we need sharpening and ongoing growth and something uh, showing up at YLT, you don't just come and receive like your very presence there is going to be bringing something to that community. There's somebody there who needs to hear what you've been going through, who needs to hear what your experiences have been, who needs to hear what you've learned. Um, and that's where there's a ton of gold. Uh, you know, and that's our prayer is that, sure, we're gonna create a context and, and a schedule with speakers and content. Um, but some of the gold, even as you mentioned, is is the conversations that happen during classes and outside of classes and over dinner and over lunch uh, uh, of guys and girls, uh, men and women in ministry, really just kind of a uh, uh, sharing one with another, uh, struggles, victories, ideas, um, can't say enough about.
0: Yeah. And no, I, I completely agree with that. And as you kind of talked about just the need to refine what we're doing, just an aspect of that, that's, yeah, it's, it's pretty scary to think about, but this is, you know, true of all of us is that the ministries begin to reflect our personality. And that oftentimes as we just kind of jump into ministry and we're doing youth ministry. We're just doing what maybe feels comfortable to us and maybe what comes easy to us. And just going to that point on refining, it's important to step back and evaluate what it is we're doing, what kind of ministry we're we're over. Um, I know I've I've said this before, but Les Newsom, one time, I guess this was a few years ago, talking about YLT, how vitally important it was to take a week to step away from your your local church and to to look at what it is you're doing and and when you're in the middle of ministry in your local church context it's so hard to do that it's so hard to evaluate what it is but to to kind of to physically leave and to go to another place and to be able to kind of sit and look back on okay the work that you're doing allows you to refine the ministry God's called you to allows you to evaluate what you're doing and and really I mean, as we've talked about it, it happens in those conversations with other people that we're kind of blind to this culture that we've created, and they may be able to speak into that in a way that's just, they ask a question, you're like, wow, wow, I've never actually thought about that, and it's because I'm in the middle of that ministry, and it's reflecting my personality in this way, or, or whatever else, and so yeah, that refining, evaluating process is, is key to, to things that take place at Tea.
1: Yeah, that's a really good word, no doubt. Just we, you know, Paul Tripp talks about all the time how we're blind to our own blindness, and hmm. and 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 in God's economy, you know, the one anothering of the faith and the beauty even of the church is it's not just uh, an individual, um, uh, it is it is a, the gathered people. We we need other people in our life to directly and indirectly show us um, how to see things differently and how to see what we're doing differently.
0: Yeah. Michael, I know just sharing a, a personal. I can remember just the the vital aspect of soul care that takes place, you know, at Wild Tea. That, um, uh, you know, there's so many years of ministry where I just kind of got into the routine and just kind of kept going. And then the older I got and the more ministry I did, I realized how discouraged i had become in ministry. And you know, a week like Wild Tea uh, became you know, not only just something I enjoyed attending and benefited from, but it it really became, uh, I mean, just absolutely vital. Uh, Like it was a week I had to carve out because I just needed it. I needed the encouragement. And so would you just speak to some of that as well, of just some of the, the encouragement you can receive in ministry and just kind of the soul care component that's, that's always present?
1: Sure. Yeah. I hear you loud and clear. It, uh the first few years I went to YLT, I went kind of hungry to learn. Uh, I had made some mistakes in ministry. The first time I went to YLT, I think I'd been in pastoral youth ministry for about seven or eight years um, and was in my second church and um, just knew that I had a lot of learning to do, so to speak. Um, and so I went hungry, but it was very quick uh, for me to see how, like, it, and this is the way I articulated it with my with my wife, you know, when I first started going, you know, we had three kids in diapers. It was not an ideal time to mm-hmm. uh, jump ship for another week, you know, in addition to the summer, you know, other trips and stuff <laughs> we're doing for youth ministry. Uh, hey, honey, I'm going to go for a week, um, you know, uh, in the middle of the, uh, you know, the coldest part of winter from St. Louis. Uh, you would be <laughs> all right. Now, uh, you know, it was something we had to talk and pray about for sure because it was an investment, right? It was me stepping away and it was a, it was something that, that we had to see as an important investment. Um and as with every investment, there's, you know, risk or whatever. But the point there is that having gone a couple of times and seeing how those relationships grew, um, getting an email from, you know, one of the guys in my prayer group or being able to reach out to someone that I met there because I knew that I heard him talking about a particular situation that wasn't going on in my church at the time, but a year later was. Um, it really connected me to a place where uh, I promise I'm getting the soul care. No, you're um, good. You know, that. That as I went through the ministry away from that event, you know, that event became this kind of marker in the year um, that I would go from having been reminded of what is true. You know, God's not impressed with my programming. He's not impressed with my seminary degree. He's not impressed with my, you know, bad humor or whatever it may be, um, you know, to do ministry. Um, He's impressed with his son, Jesus, and wants me to celebrate that. Um, and that kind of reminder happens at YLT that to be reminded that God is the one at work in you and in your ministry and to look around and see a bunch of other broken people doing the same thing. So you leave with a sense of like, hey, you know, God has called me to this and he doesn't call people to anything that he doesn't go with them in. And and I'm out. I'm, I can move towards the insanity and craziness of my ministry uh, with some confidence and with some hope and feeling like I've really locked arms with people from all over the place. Uh, and it does tend to and it's more than just kind of that thing you get But it's having that as a routine, because as you leave, you go back with some motivation, you finish out your year, you go into the summer. And then every year in the fall, as the fall cranks up, I began to long for that return, uh, if you will. Um, Sure, there's going to be some content or a great speaker I want to hear. But to me, more and more and more, it wasn't a return to get that missing piece. It was a return uh, to something that I felt like I couldn't miss um, because my heart needed it, my life needed it. Um, and it became part of the overall soul care routine for me. Um, there's all kinds of pieces of, of healthy soul care for sure. Um, but that kind of annual retreat that, that short sabbatical, if you will, um, to pull away, reflect, be filled, be encouraged, be connected, um, get some equipment, all those things are are crucial. Um, and, and what we want to do with YLT is to give that space, you know, without having to lock you into, you know, a, a seminary curriculum or something that, you know, it would commit to you like you have this one very quick week um, in the middle of your year. We we want to provide everything for you. You know, uh, it's a, it's an excellent cost break, uh, breakdown. You get a lot for what you pay. It's accessible, both locations, uh, driving or air travel. Um, and uh, and I'll just say this right now while we're talking. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but um, you know, YLT is the one investment that we're so confident is important to you and your ministry um, that we want you to, we want you to reach out to us. If everything is in place for you to attend, and the only thing keeping you from attending, uh, is cost, please don't hesitate contacting me directly. Um, I always say this a lot, you know, God has a lot of resources. Uh, we just have to access them. Um, and we will do everything we can to to help as many people as we can. You know, obviously we can't just throw out hundreds of full ride scholarships, but, uh, I do mean that. Uh, and every year we work with folks to try to help make it happen.
0: Hmm. Now that, that's a, a good word, Michael. And there are two things I wanted to to hone in on that you that you said. I mean, you talking about this being a a marker um, each year, and kind of just that uh, imagery maybe of of a race. And we know, I mean, that's you talked about in scripture of just the Christian life and ministry is a race, and there is something about you know, knowing, okay, this break is coming, you know, on the horizon, that this day uh, or this week is, is coming, that that does fuel your passion in ministry and give you energy, energy and to have those markers in place to know, okay, look, this is going to be a, you know, long two months, three month stint of just a lot going on, but here's a break coming right here. It's important to have those in place. And so to have something like this, it's interesting how it gives nourishment, even in the midst of those very tough seasons uh, when a lot's going on. And so I think that's a, a good point about the marker. And then you also talked about this being an investment, and, and you and Kirby talking through that of, okay, you're you're stepping away from the family during these times, but it is an investment. And, and of course, getting churches to see that this is an investment, uh, that Uh, you know, in many ways, this is increasing the longevity of youth ministry a youth worker can do by giving them this week. And um, uh, Michael, maybe speak to that of uh, giving a youth worker uh, some advice to pitch this to their leadership. You know, if maybe there's somebody out there listening to this and thinking, yeah, okay, all of this sounds great. Yeah, I want to do this. But I don't think my elders would go for this, or I don't think, you know, the pastors would allow me to do this. What, what's a, a pitch, you know, um, that you could give a youth worker to go in and kind of enter into this conversation with the church leadership and obviously a loving and gracious way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I'm glad you said that. Cause my, you know, I have heard, you know, folks you know, get in touch with me and say they, they really want to come, but you know, their, their leadership just, you know, they don't think they can afford it or they don't want me to get away or whatever. And I'm just, you know i'm like i'm on a plane to your church tomorrow and i'm gonna have some conversations <laughs> with people um you know it's it's uh it's obviously you know my love for youth workers and youth ministry is what drives that and uh i do understand you know most churches don't have full-time youth ministry staff most churches don't have uh, a bunch of money uh that they can just you know on a whim uh send people away but even beyond the money issue you know most of the time you know money can be you know like i said there are a lot of ways to to take care of the financing of this a lot of times it has to do with a paradigm at a church. And, and if you, you know, if you're working in a church that's small to midsize and, you know, they've never really done anything like this for their youth staff, especially maybe if you're new there, you know, I think that you want to, uh, your pitch ought to be one that's, um, humble and teachable. And it comes with a, uh, without a sense of entitlement, you know, like, Hey, listen to this podcast and let me go, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm out of here if I can't get some continuing ed, but it's, uh, you know, it ought to come with a, with a heart that says, hey, I love this church and I love the students in this church. And and my desire is not only for um, the students to, to know and love Jesus and to walk with him and to grow in their relationship with him, but also for our church to continue to grow in our understanding of what it means to do effective youth ministry so that if something were to happen to me, that ministry continues on. And, uh, you know, what we what we teach and train at Our Way is, a, is a is a robust philosophy of ministry that's bigger than the youth director. Um and, and I'd say as you pitch it, you pitch it as just that, um, an opportunity to strengthen and establish the ministry in your church. Um, try to find someone to come with you and, and maybe even make that as your pitch. Maybe it won't happen, but say, hey, I feel like this would be an incredible investment for us, an opportunity for us to develop our ministry. And I'd love to to go to this with, with you, Pastor, uh, or, or have an elder or a parent or someone come with you. And I will say, small tangent, we're seeing more and more solo pastors and pastors and elders coming to uh, to YLT. And there's a lot of fruit being born there um, in terms of helping kind of connect those two people. A lot of times there's some disconnects between senior pastors or, 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 or churches that just have a pastor and a youth director being on the same sheet of music is, is such a huge thing. So, I mean, the things that I would say, I'm, I'm kind of rambling. You kind of already said, and I already said, talk about it as a way to, to strengthen the ministry. It's not about you. Uh, the less you... Maybe I should succ- summarize it this way. Uh, and John, maybe you can tidy this up in, in your editing. <laughs> I
0: don't but know
1: uh, <laughs> the less you say about how much it's something you need, and the more you say how much it's something that the ministry at your church needs, um, you know, not to exclude the personal things uh, and not to only say it's just, but but that's where I think that's casting a vision for something bigger than you getting a vacation. Um, cause sadly there's a lot of church leaders who think, you know, I'm not gonna let you go, you know, uh, hang out and have fun, get a vacation here in the middle of the year because you know, it's, it's restful for your soul, but you still get a little tired at the end of it for sure. Cause mm-hmm. you've been taking a lot of content and, uh, had some long days for sure. But yeah, I think it's, it's, it's trying to communicate that it's not just a uh, retreat. I wouldn't use the word retreat at all. You know, this is really, um, a robust, uh, development equipping opportunity for you um, that's going to promote longevity. It's going to promote a stronger ministry. It's going to allow you to lead better. It's going to allow you to equip volunteers better. It's going to allow you to um, to engage the church better and what it means to raise the next generation. So um, that last bit might be a little more helpful than my first ramblings.
0: <laughs> no, that that was that was very helpful. And I, I think you made a good point of. You know, seeing this, I mean, it's, you know, we're talking about pitching this to, to leadership, but the, the reality is, I mean, the return on investment for this that, you know, if a church is pouring into a youth worker, you know, who's going to a week like this uh, of YLT, um, to think of, I mean, the people that that one youth worker is impacting, you know, not only the students in the ministry, whatever number that is, but then also the parents that are connected to that student. And then, you know, if you, I'd say this increases their longevity in ministry. I mean, you're talking about impacting, you know, potentially hundreds, if not more, yeah, you know, from that that investment in that uh, youth worker for that that one week, and so getting. Uh, churches to see just the large perspective of this impact is is significant and and as you were talking to Mike I was just thinking you know possibly a, a creative way to to think about this um, I, I know I mean there have been people in the church when when I was uh, at Pear Orchard uh, Prez who would come up to me every year and say. You know, hey, is there a student who cannot go uh, to RYM's summer conference? You know, I want to pay for it, and they would just tell me, okay, they want to pay the way for a student. You know, for a youth worker, if you're talking to your youth committee, or if you know you've got some some families that are very supportive of the ministry, you know, hey, the church budget is tight. Here's the price could a few families scrape together and say, hey, look, we want to send you. We want to be your sponsor. We want to, you know, allow you to go this week. And to be able to go to your leadership and say, hey, look, there are some families here that want to send me on this. I know I'm still missing a week in the church, but maybe that's a way to, to think creatively. And, you know, some of these youth workers out there who are listening may even think, well, look, I've been at this church for a while, but um, I was connected to this other church growing up. And, I know these families are really close and they, they'd be happy to send me. So maybe even thinking of it that way to um, possibly find some, some sponsors. Um, That's right. Another know.
1: thing I would say that could be helpful when you're pitching it, especially if you're in one of those contexts where you know your leadership would get nervous about you being gone from a Monday to a Friday, you know, do the work of preparing um, a plan. You know, if you've got Wednesday activities um, that you're responsible for, for example, uh, it could be any day of the week or whatever, but we'll just use Wednesday as an example. You know, when you come in and say, hey, and, and here's what we'll do for Wednesday, you know, I've got Mr. and Mrs. Smith who are going to be able to come and do the teaching that night, and I've got three other families who are going to come and help me uh, uh, participating in the event. Um, I'll be letting the families know, et cetera, et cetera. I will prepare them with, uh, you know, everything they need to make the evening go well. Um, you know, and all that is to say is you're not just jumping ship and leaving it up to the church, but do the work ahead of time to make that happen. Um, and, uh, and so that when you're gone, you're actually helping the church be the church, actually doing the ministry without you. You know, we're actually doing our church as a disservice to think that everything's going to fall apart if we're not there. And that goes for pastors, assistant pastors, youth directors, whatever. You know, we, we need to be equipping them to do the work in ministry. And it ought to not be, your youth ministry ought not fall apart if you disappear for a week, two or three You know, during the year, um, you know, because those contexts are sometimes tricky. Those are the ones where the youth workers aren't taking vacation like they ought, and stuff like that. So, do the work of preparing. Yeah, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to do the work ahead of time to backfill what the needs are. And the last thing I'd say is maybe you literally have no one who could do that. It it isn't a crisis for you to cancel Wednesday night youth ministry for one week. And again, some churches would think that you were asking to, you know, burn the church down. Um, So you want to. We want to be delicate with that for sure, but uh, it, it, like it is okay actually. Um, but it has to be done you know ahead of time. You want to announce it. You let people know. Do the work. Do due diligence uh, to show that hey, I'm I'm doing this for us. And in this momentary time where I'm away, you know it's going to be okay. And I will say lastly, along those lines, you know when you're at YLT, it's not like we you know disconnect all of your communication devices to your home church. There's a number of folks who. You know, during the lunch break uh, or, or during some of the other breaks, they're going to pull away um, and, uh, and they need to touch base with people. They need to go on the phone. They need to work their email. I mean, it's it's not ideal because we want you to pull away and be really present. But if you need to, hey, do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway.
0: Now, a lot of good points there, Michael. And just going back to, I think, your your first point of um, – you know, stepping away from the ministry and allowing some of the saints back home to to do, you know, the actual ministry. I mean, speaking to that, I, I mean, I can remember us doing that one year and and it was awesome to know, okay, we missed Wednesday night and it actually happened without the entire youth staff at the church. And uh, and kind of a point of that is not, not only is that important to, to actually have that in place, to have people that can step in to do the ministry, but to also communicate that to your students. You know, sometimes we think they can just pick up on this and see this, but to explicitly, you know, what we did the week prior, hey, look, none of the youth staff is going to be here. We are actually are going to have some people in place. We're going to have somebody, you know, doing a lesson. So beforehand, but then afterwards talking about that. And I mean, we were just very explicit. Listen, this ministry is not about us. It's not about any one of the staff members. We're all going to die one day and somebody else is going to be here. It's not about us. And so illustrating that to your students because yeah, oftentimes your students are worshiping you as the youth worker and that's not the point, And that's not what we're trying to, to get them there or anything. And so I think that's just an important kind of point alongside that of using that as a teaching opportunity to your students. Uh, so good thought there, Michael. Um, I know we're starting to, to wrap this up. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to let people know? I mean, from just kind of some practical um, information about the conference or any other Thoughts as we start to close this out?
1: I will say I'm not exactly sure when this uh episode will air, but um, you know, right at the time of this recording, we're getting pretty close to finishing up kind of the uh the list of all the various speakers. Um, and uh certainly didn't meet my deadline to get that stuff done. But you know, certain people are praying about opportunities and checking schedules and things. i'll taking a little bit longer than we'd hope. But but the website is gonna be the best place to find out, not only uh, how and where to register. Um, but also if you want to read about who's going to be there and, and some of that kind of stuff. So be, be checking the website for that uh, in the next few weeks.
0: And Michael, something I do know, um, Walt Mueller is going to be present at the uh, Paradise Pennsylvania location. And just to let people know, he's actually going to be coming on the podcast next week as well. Uh, so uh, as I said from the outset, our season four is focused on partnering with parents and definitely want to get Walt Mueller's thoughts on how we can do that best. And, you know, not only a seasoned youth worker and youth culture expert, but also a parent and grandfather. So he has some thoughts on, on parenting. So excited that he's going to be coming on the podcast and excited that he'll be with us in, in paradise. Uh, it sounds funny, but he'll be with us in paradise. he (laughs) He
1: actually will be with us in paradise. Uh, literally and figuratively. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: so, yeah, yeah any, I, anything else as we, we start to close this out? Any other thoughts on Wild wow Tea that you want to share?
1: Well, I certainly think that uh, – um, no, actually, not because there isn't anything else to say, but because my brain is, for some reason, going vacant. It does that on occasion. It kind of goes through a reboot. Um, but I would just say that uh, one thing about it – obviously, if you've never come before um, – We say this with all sincerity, you know, you can find my phone number or email on the website. Don't hesitate calling with questions. um, And I'd be happy to talk with you about it and try to help make it happen. Um, And just as a reminder, you know, YLT is just is one area of of the ministries of RYM that seeks to serve uh, leaders in youth ministry. Um, And uh, if it's something that can that you can make happen, we believe it will be not only a great ministry to you, but an investment into your ministry. Um, And you coming not only makes it better, but it also helps us build it for better for the future and getting your feedback and all that jazz. So uh, come along, invite friends. Um, No doubt how cool would it be for you and a few other youth workers in your your town to come together from different churches, denominations, whatever, and share that experience together. Um, Get creative. Again, if you have questions, let me know. Check the website for all the information. Registration is open for both conferences right now. Uh, at RYM.org slash YLT. Um, and again, let me know if you have questions.
0: Yeah, thanks for that, Michael. And I, I know it can always sound biased uh, when I say this because I'm on staff with RYM, but YLT is a significant blessing. And, and I can say that because I was going to it long before I was even on staff uh, with RYM and just the impact that it had on me. So thanks for all your work behind the scenes, as uh, you you said. And you know, so many people can... Um, kind of realize practically this is what has to happen. But behind the scenes, Michael is doing a lot of phone calling, a lot of emailing, a lot of praying, a lot of thinking and strategizing about um, how to best uh, reach out and love other youth workers who are in the local church. So we appreciate your work on that, Michael. And uh, we hope we will see many of our listeners at either Wildy in Nashville or Wildy in Paradise, Pennsylvania. So, Michael, good to see you. Good to catch up with you again today. And uh, we'll talk later.
1: Thanks, John. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Oh, come and buy without money. Oh, come and feast without pay.